0: So we're continuing with Genesis and the four people, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph in Genesis 12 through 50. And if you look on page 45, you can see the chronology of the patriarchs and it lists Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph and summarizes the date and the age and the scripture and the events that happened there in their lives. And that's an interesting chart, something worth looking at. But back to page 44, Genesis chapter 24 through 26, you're going to see the story of Isaac, Jacob's son. And he's the father of of Israel, the father of Jacob. He's the son of the promise. Now, his brother Ishmael uh, is not the son of the promise, nor any of his other siblings. But the emphasis in Genesis is that if, if Abraham is going to be a great nation, then there's got to be children. And so, Isaac is going to get married, and there's the story of um, Rebecca, and she, uh, Isaac is um, married to Rebecca when the trusted servant is sent to Haran, and he gets a wife for Isaac, and she agrees to be his wife, but Isaac and Rebecca were childless. So (laughs) look here, God is again testing. You have Sarah, who is barren, and now Rebecca, who can't have a child, which is a threat to the promise. At least that's humanly speaking what it is. For 20 years, they could not have children, but the Lord is the one who opens the womb. The Lord is the one who causes babies to be born. Uh, No child comes to a family except as a gift from God. And so we see the gift coming in the right time, and Isaac uh, sought the Lord, and God changed the issue. God's in charge of the nation. It was not going to be by human effort that the that the Lord would fulfill His promise. It, he's going to get the glory, and and take note on that, Pastor. That your church, it's not your kingdom. It's not our kingdom. My the church I'm preaching at, it is it is not my territory. This is God's. God's land. This is God's people, as it were. This is um, the the ones who God gives me the pleasure of shepherding. They're not my sheep. They're the sheep of a different pasture. They're the sheep of God's pasture. I'm one of His sheep as well, but I am an under-shepherd under the great shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the church is not mine, and the covenant is While it's the Abrahamic covenant, God is the one who's doing the fulfilling. It would not depend upon man for it to be fulfilled. And human effort could not make it happen. Isaac and Rebecca could work all they want, but they could not make the promise happen. We can work all we want, but we can't do in our church what only God intends to do. He will not be robbed of glory. And so we find here in Genesis, Isaac who is depending on the lord and twins are born and god selected jacob to be the one who would receive the blessings of the covenant jacob the one born second was the one through whom the promise was coming so much could be said about jacob and esau we're still on page 40 44 of benware and we're looking at genesis 27 through chapter 36 and the birthright belonged to the oldest son in the old society. If if you were the firstborn son, then it was yours to receive the blessing. Uh, the, benefic- the benefits of the birthright were primarily and directly to the eldest one. And Benware says, "...there are benefits to possessing the birthright, such as having precedence over the other children, receiving a double share of the inheritance." And becoming the head of the, the head of the clan at the father's death. Uh, however, the benefits could be lost through some offense, traded, or negated by the father's last will. So, just because you're the oldest son doesn't mean that you're absolutely with no condi- you know no conditions. It's not a hundred percent certain that you're going to get the double share. You're going to get the birthright. That you're going to be the head of the clan. Uh, that is, a, it can be negated. By trading, so uh, the oldest son might be able to to make some deal where he gave it away, and that's exactly what happens in this case. Or the father, he might write out um, or or um, relay verbally that no, this son has shamed me, or this son is unworthy, or whatever the reason is. The father could say, no, he won't receive the birthright, but it was natural that the birthright was to come to the oldest son. And this last will was called the blessing. Uh, the father would put the blessing on the child. And uh, let's see, still on page 44, this second to last paragraph in in uh, the section of Jacob um, The last will was called the blessing was actually more important than the birthright since the rights of the oldest son might be modified or even canceled. The blessing pronounced by the father was legally binding. So this is the same thing if we were to go to a lawyer and and to have him write out a will, then um, it's a binding document. And in the story of Jacob, he's able to obtain the birthright by trading with Esau, when Esau is famished, Esau is hungry and he is uh, willing in, in an act of uh, foolishness to give away his birthright, something that is uh, considered to be unthinkable. And because of this act, now we're on page 45 under the chart, the chronology of the patriarchs. Esau not only lost his birthright, but is called profane, a profane person in the scriptures uh, evidently Esau assumed that since he was the favorite son of his father, that he would receive all the possessions and favors when his father um, gave him the blessing. It was probably correct, but Jacob deceived Isaac and took the blessing for himself. If Jacob having deceived his father and making enemies with Esau, he wanted to get as far away from Esau as he could because he feared his brother, and he had a good reason to fear his brother. Esau was a hothead. He was known to be an angry man, and Jacob was fearing for his life. So Jacob went to the house of his uncle named Laban. We're on page 46 of ben uh, Benware. page 46, that second paragraph he fled to his uncle Laban and he stayed there for 20 years. He was a deceiver and through a number of schemes, one Jacob suffered in different ways because of it. This is fantastic reading uh, in this part of Genesis. He um, ended up with two wives, two concubines, and 11 sons. He had a 12th son when he finally returned to Canaan after 20 years in the land of Haran. And so it Twelfth son is born to him, and these become the foundation stones for the nation of Israel. Uh, the twelve tribes are here. Of course, Jacob, as we said, is known for his scheming and deceit, but upon the return to Canaan, he met God in a unique unique way in chapter thirty two, and he was a transformed man, and God changed his name to Israel, and Jacob meaning supplanter or maybe deceiver, uh, he now has the name changed to uh, having the power, having power with God. So Jacob settles in southern Canaan and the story of God's uh, making a great nation continues. And now it shifts. It's going to shift in a series of ways. It's going to shift from Jacob to Joseph and from the land of Canaan. To the land of Egypt. Now Joseph. Uh, Joseph is the favorite son of Jacob, and he is uh, one whom his brothers end up hating because he has. Well, they think he has just a wild imagination. But through a set of circumstances, his brothers end up selling him into slavery. They hate him because of his favored position in the family, and. He's sold into slavery, but Joseph has so much wisdom, it's stated what God intended, what man intended for evil, God intended for good. And so Joseph ends up rising to power in Egypt. He goes to prison, he suffers greatly through the lies of people, through no fault of his own, Joseph is a man to be emulated. Out of all the characters in Scripture, Joseph and Daniel are two of the greatest leaders and uh, upright men who find themselves in the most difficult situations. They're men to be studied, men to be emulated. And God leads Israel, the nation of Israel, into Egypt, and He puts Joseph into the government of Egypt.